you know, we'd go to these youth groups and we'd speak and, you know, I actually didn't think I could speak. You know, I was like, I'm not good at this, you know, but then, you know, I do it and students would sign up. And, um, you know, I have heard the saying, I'm sure you've probably heard it, it's God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And so really, you know, uh, we were just trying to be faithful with what we've been given and, and God increased it. Well, welcome to the Decision Point podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation till every student has heard. Hey, what a great episode we had last week as we looked at the impact that can happen when we give God's word to those around us. And of course, this mission that God's called us all to can can have a great impact, but it's not easy, is it? I mean, it's it's Christ has called us to do hard things for him because he's worth it. And of course, Jesus is just worth it all in his own right. And and of course, the impact that the Lord has promised that we will see in the eternal perspective should make us all decide, I think, to just give our all for Christ and his purposes, no matter the cost. And to help us with that today, I'm joined by John Cox here in studio. Uh, John is our Illinois and Midwest director for Decision Point. He's the man. John, welcome to the show. So good to have you on today. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. Well, it's fun to talk with you uh, today. We're going to get into your story and the way you've seen this principle true in your life, just not only as a staff member here, as a grown-up, we'll call it, but also as a student uh, all the way back in Minnesota. So just thanks for being here. It's a joy to sit down with you today. Yeah, can't wait to share my story. You know, we're uh, we're talking about enduring hard things because he's worth it. Mm. And we want to kind of do that by thinking about the long-term impact. I mean, we can see mm. Christ do some things through us today but sometimes we're serving him and we kind of wonder, is it making a difference and what's going on? And we, I know we were talking the other day just about the parable of the sowers from Mark mm-hmm. 4, where, where Jesus says, you know, yes, some seed is going to fall on some tough ground, uh, but some is going to actually fall on ground where it's going to bear fruit like a hundred fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the long-term perspective. So we're, we're just going to want to think about the long-term perspective here today. But okay, first tell us about yourself today. Uh, you're married. you got a family. Tell us about yourself a bit. Yeah, well, I'm uh, married. I've been married for five years. I've got two kids, Judah and Ezekiel, three and a half and two years old. And uh, I've been with Decision Point for almost eight years in November. So seeing God do incredible things over the last eight years, hard things, good things, and uh, all for his glory. So. so, okay, you're leading the ministry here in Chicago, around the state and around the Midwest. You're trying to go get the gospel into like 13 states all throughout the heartland of America. It's amazing. Where all are you seeing God working through your team today? Well, yeah. So this last year I started uh, the Midwest role and it's just been incredible the excitement students have to go and reach their campuses all across the Midwest. And also the need that they are wondering, how do I do this? How do I reach my friends? And um, and also the, the fact that they feel alone sometimes in this mission. And so it's great to come alongside them and equip them and then say, no, you're not alone. God is with you. We're with you. Uh, you can do this. And so uh, we're seeing students in Illinois, of course, where we're right at. And uh, we're seeing students in Iowa and uh, Indiana, Ohio, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And um, students are stepping up all over and even in Tennessee, which is a little bit on the edge of the Midwest, but, uh, you know. It's... Well, it's not the Midwest, but you're going to try to serve it anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just been incredible talking to this one student in, in uh, Illinois who was just like, you know, I, I want to do this. I've been trying for six months and 
uh, and then we got to come alongside her. And so we helped about uh, 67 schools in uh, Illinois last year and um, and even more in the Midwest. So. That's amazing. And you're seeing God connect the dots in so just amazing ways. Uh, and tell us how you're seeing God at work through students today. I mean, we have some of the boldest students in all of America, uh, part of Decision Point. You get to work with them on the front lines. Just Brag about some of the students that you get to work with for a minute, would you? Oh, man, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's one student, even just this week, I heard about named Isabel at Taft High School. And, you know, she's just faithfully sharing her faith with those around her. And she felt the Lord put on her heart to to look to the students who are sitting by themselves at lunch. And she just said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to try and befriend them. So she started sitting with uh, one guy named Ahmed at lunch and um, just started talking to him about faith. And she had kind of looked into Islam a little bit before she was a Christian, looked into Wicca stuff and other things and and found the gospel. She got saved. Now she wants everyone to know Jesus. And so she was talking to Ahmed about it and he was just so curious, asking question after question. Now they're talking at lunch all the time, and they're in the same class. And so he'll turn around and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this, you know, and ask you that question. And, and so Isabel's just boldly sharing her faith, and uh, and we're praying that Ahmed would come to know the Lord. So, Amen. Isabel's getting it done. Go, Isabel. Like, uh, I mean, tell us a couple more. I mean, this Yeah. Is... Oh, well, I mean, you just see these other students who are just unashamed of the gospel. I think of Owen, who, you know, is uh, just really faithfully sharing the gospel and, and he just got saved a couple years ago through a student leader and then now he's gotten baptized now he wants to lead the Christian club and uh, he actually went sharing the gospel with students at the McDonald's nearby just boldly starting conversations and and uh, and so it's just awesome to see him step up in leadership um, and we're even just seeing more students like Jackson and, and uh, Muhammad that came to faith and so Jackson you know uh, decided to step up and lead at his school and uh, uh, Muhammad ended up uh, giving his life to Christ through the Christian club, and um, we've shared that story a few times. So, Well, it's amazing to see what these students are doing. They're so bold, so courageous, and God's using them in just amazing ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were telling me about being out in Elgin the other day and seeing a student whose life got transformed for Christ back when mm-hmm. she was in high school and now where the Lord's brought her today. Tell us about that story, would you? Absolutely. Yeah, well— about five years ago, almost now, 2018, we had an outreach at Carl Schurz High School, downtown Chicago, and uh, the student named Issa came, and uh, they shared the gospel, and she was just so moved by this. Wow. And she ended up coming uh, and getting prayer at the outreach, started going to the church a few times, and then somewhere along the way, she dropped off, and she started mm-hmm. getting pulled into some confusion and, and some uh, deception. And uh, she ended up going into the trans ideology, started to take testosterone um, and just uh, was really lost and hurting. And then COVID happened and she was even more isolated. And through all of that isolation, she just began to uh, look again for answers. And she remembered the outreach that had happened years prior. And she started going to church again, went in, actually received Christ, got baptized, and now it's been a couple of years. She's faithfully following the Lord, growing in her walk, reading the Bible. And actually, uh, just the other day in Elgin, she was preaching the gospel in the streets, which was just so incredible. And I got to meet her, and she came to me. She said, John, uh, you know, thank you so much for your ministry with Decision Point. I wouldn't 
be here today if it weren't for you and your ministry. So thank you. Oh my goodness. And of course, some student led that outreach and yeah. some student reached out, brought her, brought her to church. Uh, what an amazing impact these students are having. I was boasting about our students the other day. Like these are students are becoming Hebrews 11 champions for mm. Christ, mm. facing challenges, mm-hmm. trusting God, moving by faith. Mm. And of course, the Lord's blessing and, and changing lives. And I love that story because it kind of gives you like a five-year window mm. of perspective of mm. not just impact today, but oh, actually maybe not. Oh, wait a minute. Now she's bearing fruit for the Lord. So Mm. we want to get into your story because I've just always been just so encouraged by you and what God's done through you like Mm. today, but through through your whole life. Um, How did you, I mean, okay, just tell us about you for a minute. How did you decide to go all in for the Lord in the first place? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's so awesome that we're talking about enduring because Jesus is worth it um, because he changed my life. And it's far more than that. When I was, uh, you know, 13 years old is when I really received Christ. And I realized, you know, all the things in the world that I thought would satisfy me ultimately left me empty and hopeless. And I just remember crying out to the Lord saying, God, if you're real, would you help me? And just in that moment, I felt the presence of God and all of my loneliness, depression, anxiety just flooded out of my body and in place. The pure joy and hope and peace of Christ filled me. And uh, and I knew, I said, God, I, I want to live for you for the rest of my life. And so that was kind of the moment where I decided, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't just my savior, but I realized he also was my Lord. And, uh, and I didn't know what I was doing, actually. I had no idea how to share the gospel, no idea how to lead a Bible study, but uh, I just started doing it. And so my friends and I, you know, uh, got together just two, three friends, and we started reading the Bible. And I was leading this tiny little Bible study in my homeschool group, actually. Um, and uh, it was okay, okay. Wait, wait, spoiler alert. You had a huge impact in public schools, but you was homeschooled. Uh, yes, yes, I was homeschooled, and uh, and yet somehow God used me. <laughs> but, oh, because uh, of that. We love homeschool students. We got a couple of them, and you had a huge ministry, mm-hmm. even in public schools, all the same. So we're going to have to tease that a little bit more. Okay, but keep going with your stories. Yeah, so... So then, you know, I got about 15, 16 years old, and um, and I had some friends at the local public school, Blaine High School in Minnesota, and um, and one of my friends was coming to youth group. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't really strong in his faith. I, I don't really know where he was at or if he was even a Christian. And uh, and then his name was Tom, and and I just remember eventually he just didn't show up one week, and I said, "Well, where's Tom?" You know, and uh, Tom, I found out later, had actually ended his mm. life. And that just grieved me and uh, was so heavy on my heart and uh, and our whole youth group. And I just think remember thinking to myself, what about all the other students that are looking for hope at Blaine High School, where I was at? And, and what if I could share the good news of Jesus with them, the hope that I had experienced? Mm. And, um, and so I was talking to one of my other friends, and he's like, well, I'm going to take over this Bible study. Uh, it meets in a math room on the second floor. There's five of us, and we got a box of Bibles. That's about it. you know. And uh, I was like, well, I'll help. He's like, I need some help. I said, all right, I'm in. Nowhere and, to um, go but up, right? Exactly. Yeah, I went from a couple <laughs> to five. Was, and, uh, and incredibly, um, we started to pray and fast every week for our school till school ended, three o'clock, and... Um, and the club would meet at 7 a.m. in the morning. We started with five of us, and then it grew, outgrew that room, and within a month we had about 60 people coming every week 
People were receiving Christ. People were confessing sin. They were growing in their faith. I was growing in my faith by leading, and um, it was just incredible. And I'll never forget uh, one of the years leading See You at the Pole outside in Minnesota You know, in September. I, it was pretty I, cold. I hear it's cold up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. My, I was playing guitar, worshiping the Lord, and... And uh, my fingers were about to fall off because it was so cold. And those are all fake fingers. They oh, all yeah. fell off that day. <laughs> Not even real anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just was standing there with about sixty students in this big circle, and um, and we were worshiping God and praying for our school, praying for our generation. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it was kind of intimidating though, because there were about three thousand other students walking past oh, us. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, there were some that were just ignoring us. There were some that joined us, but there were definitely some people laughing at us and. What are those Christians doing over there? Haters going to hate. Yeah, and so, but it was incredibly worth it. And uh, and so God moved powerfully in my school. Eventually we had outreach events with 200 students, and um, it was just pretty incredible. So. That's amazing. So you uh, you probably had no idea what God was going to do. What was your, like, if, do you even re- recall, like, dreaming in color what you were hoping to see God do at your school? I mean, before you saw it start to grow, did you have, like, a stretch goal of, oh, maybe we can get 10? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we were just like, let's just be faithful and, like, see what God can do. Um, and we had no idea. You know, we, we just saw a broken school, students lost and desperate in need of hope and the gospel. And so we started to do this. And and uh, and I'll never forget the first year uh, when we started seeing God work in power and people being saved, uh, we started to um, just talk to our friends about it and say, wow, look at what God's doing. This is incredible. And they said, well, we want that at our school, you know? And and so we helped a couple schools start clubs with the same name. And, and then uh, incredibly, we met a youth leader and he said, I want to talk to you guys. And we sat down and are we in trouble? And uh, I know I was like, oh, what do we do? You know, and and uh, he said, I heard about what you're doing. Tell me. I was like, well, we, you know, we have a Bible study, worship prayer, and we talk about Jesus, and we got donuts, you know. And uh, and uh, he tell me he more said, about the donuts. I know, right? He's like, that's the key. No, uh, but it was so cool because he, as a youth leader in ministry, had said, I've been praying for how we can reach every student for the past 10 years. And he said, God, how- Past 10 years? Past 10 years. He said, Lord, how can I reach these students? And he said, he felt the Lord say, you're not going to reach them, which that's kind of a bummer if you you ever thought about that. But he said, I felt the Lord say, you're going to release them to reach their friends. And so he said, you guys are the answer to my prayer 10 years ago to be released, to reach your generation for Christ. And, uh, and so he said, I'm going to connect you with all these churches, these conferences. And then as a, you know, 18, 17, 18 year old, 19 year old, uh, we started going to conferences and camps and challenging students. And our club from one school grew to about 76 high schools around Minnesota and beyond. That's amazing. That's got to be kind of humbling, too, because you were like seven when he started praying. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes to show it has nothing to do with us. It's all for God, all for the glory of God. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have to press you more about, okay, how did this go from five students in a math room on the second floor to 75 schools in multi-states while you're still in high school, and what did God teach you along the way? So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to drill you for some more details, all right? (laughs) Sounds good. Hey, it's Heather, and I have a question for you. If I asked you how many people at your school know the gospel, what would you say? For a lot of us, it's easy to think that everyone might be a Christian or has actively decided to reject Jesus, but that's just not true. Many people are open or just haven't even heard. 
Did you know that more than 50% of students today have never even heard John 3.16, let alone the whole gospel? I want to invite you to join students around the nation in taking the Go Witness Challenge. Initiate conversations until you get to share the gospel with five people. That's the Go Witness Challenge. Be friendly, ask them their thoughts about God, be a good listener, and ask if you can share the gospel with them, and then invite them to respond. And leave the results to God. I really believe God can use you. If your life has been changed by Jesus, you have the best news ever that people desperately need to hear. It's the gospel. And in Romans chapter 10, Paul asks the question, how are people to believe if they have never heard? How are they to hear unless someone preaches? This message you have is the best news ever. It's so worth sharing. So what are you waiting for? Take the Go Witness Challenge today. Go to decisionpoint.org slash go witness, where you can be equipped right there with all you need to take this challenge. That's decisionpoint.org slash go witness. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're joined today by John Cox, the Illinois and Midwest director here for Decision Point. And John, oh my goodness. Okay, you got you to back us up here. I know we're giving uh, the Lord the glory. Um, and this is a, because of that, this is a story worth pressing in a little bit more. So tell us, how did, how did this start to go? You, you start with one school uh, when you're still in high school. You don't even go to that high school. You're a homeschooler. Yeah. Five students, math room, second floor. Man, that sells itself <laughs> to 75 schools across mm -hmm. the state, other states. Tell us more about how did it start to just, how did you see the Lord blowing it up out of your wildest dreams. Yeah. Well, you know, I, like I said initially, you know, prayer and fasting is so important. And, uh, you know, it says in Isaiah, like, this is the one to whom I will look, the one who's contrite and humble and trembles at my word. And I really believe that that's what we were trying to do is we were just trying to be humble and, and press into the Lord and his word and, and, and trust him. And okay, so, so you're you're really actually as a high school student, you're praying and fasting on a regular basis for your school. I don't know too many people that do that, but maybe mm -hmm. everybody should. Yeah. Well, why, why aren't we challenging every young person to pray and fast for the lost? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because we saw this huge problem, we were gripped that we needed a huge answer, and, and that could only be God. And we know? can't do it <laughs> exactly. And uh, and so that's why we were praying is because you know we couldn't do it. We knew we couldn't do it, but God could. And um, and fasting is such an incredible thing. Uh, Matthew chapter six talks about how the one who prays in secret and the one who fasts in secret, who gives in secret, will be rewarded by their father. And so we read that. Somebody encouraged us to do it. And uh, and so we just started doing it, you know? And um, and so through that, wow. I really think that was the key that unlocked everything. And um, and so, yeah, we, you know, we'd go to these youth groups and we'd speak and, you know, I actually didn't think I could speak, you know, I was like, I'm not good at this, you know, but then, you know, I do it and students would sign up and, um, you know, I, I have heard the saying, I'm sure you've probably heard it, or it's God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Right. And so really, you know, uh, we were just trying to be faithful with what we've been given and, and God increased it. So. Amazing. So that's got to be amazing to see. Wait a minute. We just started doing what we thought was just baseline faithfulness. Probably willing to do it yeah. all year long if it grew to like six people. Yep. But here God did something far bigger to that. I mean, what's that feel like? I mean, as you're looking back on that. Oh, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I think there were a lot of real highs and um, there were some lows. You know what I mean? Where uh, I had friends that I had to let go of, you know, because they were re leading me down the wrong path. And that was hard for me. 
um, people that, uh, you know, were going the right way, but then kind of got sucked up into pride because they yep. saw, wow, we're so successful. And, and they lost sight that this was really only yep. the Lord. And so um, I think that there were a lot of incredible things where I watched people who were struggling be set free, you know, and uh, I watched people who were lost in darkness come into the light. And so, you know, well, can you tell us about some of these. Yeah, students well, I mean, there's one student named Jordan who I um, I remember talking to many times who came to the Bible study, who who was digging into the word. And, and uh, it was funny. I was looking at some of my messages with him years after. And uh, and I saw like he said, thank you, John. You know, y- your impact was so important to me. And and, um, and he's just like, you're awesome, John. And I was like, well, I hope you remember God's the most awesome. But, you know, without being too cheesy and uh, and but just to see like he actually like grew and was changed through that and uh, and found hope. So um, and then even just a few years ago, this would be 10 years after I had graduated from high school, um, I had a. A, a student reached out to me and say, "Oh, you know that that club over at Champlin Park High School, like there's they're still going." And I had completely lost touch, and they're still leading to this day. And they said, "Oh, guess what? These two girls just got baptized this Sunday," and uh, and it was just so incredible to see that what we had planted and started had bear, born fruit, like you said, 10, 30, a hundred fold. And I'll never even know, you know, some of the things right. that God did. So. Well, I love that perspective, that note on, on humility. I, the, you have that humility. And of course, because we know it's not us, it's the Lord. I love in Mark four that we just even alluded to at the start of the show mm. where, mm. you know, the parable goes that some seed bore fruit a hundred fold, mm. but he talks about the farmer and how it's like he, he, he plants, he mm. sows, he works the field night and day, but then he sees the growth and it says he knows not how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that because, I mean, the more uh, I go in life, I think farmers are smart mm. people. Mm. They're crazy hardworking. Mm. They know what it takes to grow a crop. Right. They know the hard work they put into growing the crop, mm-hmm. but you, then you see the crop grow and you realize this is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not me. Yeah. I put a seed in the ground. I watered it. I fertilized it. I tended it. Yeah. But then like magic happened. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like the cool thing about that is that you can only give God the glory. And so even though I did all these incredible things in high school, uh, you know, when I went to college, we were still doing it. And then, then in a lot of ways, some things fell apart, you know, and and there were people that, you know, I had thought were on fire for the Lord, good friends, and, and they fell away from the faith completely. And I was shocked, you know, as it was so hard to say, how could you fall away from this after seeing all the miracles that God had done? And uh, and then there was another time in college when I finished college and I just felt completely alone. And, um, you know, we talk about enduring hardship. And um, I think one of the hard things is being alone, you know, where you feel like yep. there's nobody else there and yep. nobody really cares, you know? You get and the Elijah syndrome, right? The- exactly. Yes. And, and uh, I just remember wondering, like, Lord, is this even what you've called me to? And, um, and it was through that time that I, I dug even deeper into God's word. I just began praying even more because he was my friend in all of that. And he was with me. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's worth it is because Jesus is with us. He says, I have not just called you servants. I've called you friends. And, um, what an incredible friend we have in Christ that he will never leave us, never forsake us, that he's with us in the highs and he's with us in the lows. And, uh, I'm just so grateful to Christ for that. That's amazing. So a lot of hardship along the way. Mm-hmm. Any more challenges that you think be worth sharing to students today? Because I mean, it's it's easy to look back and hear, uh, oh, wow, God did something cool and multiplied something. But man, when you're in mm-hmm. the 
-hmm. when you're in the throes of those challenges, sometimes those success stories can almost be discouraging because you're, I mean, you're still in the like five friends in the <laughs> math room phase and you don't know if yeah. it's even ever going to grow to six. So there are a couple other challenges that just stand out to you that were particularly yeah. difficult to get through. Yeah. Well, I think about one where all of the clubs in our district got canceled because, you know, somebody heard something that was hearsay and, and, uh, and we had to stand up. My friends had to stand up. I wasn't there for that, but that was hard for them. I mean, five Christian clubs all shut down at the same time. And, and, uh, and so seeing them stand faithfully for Christ and that was, is worth it, you know? And, um, and I think also, you know, even though after high school, you know, just trusting the Lord for our daily bread, I think in America, we forget that we have, we have so much and the world has so little. And there's many people that rely on him every single day for everything that they have to sustain them. And, uh, and they're wondering where their next meal can come from, you know? And so I think in America, we need to get back to that faithful trusting in the Lord to say, God, what do you have for me today? I'm going to trust you. And, uh, and so some of the hardships that, you know, came even after I graduated and I was, God, where's my next meal going to come from? I didn't know, you know, sometimes I didn't know how I was going to pay for rent after that, or how I was going to pay for college. And, and, uh, I remember going to Moody Bible Institute downtown Chicago and I didn't have the money for it. I didn't have any job. I got a job. I was working as hard as I could, but I just needed the Lord to provide. And so I've just seen him provide again and again, uh, through that. And, and so trusting God in, in providing for our needs, I think is just uh, another thing. Um, and then I think also just getting out of our comfort zone, just going and doing the hard thing. You know what I mean? And um, the hard thing for me when I was in high school is starting a gospel conversation with somebody I'd never met before, you know? And, and I just remember walking up to them for the first time. And one of my friends had been like, oh man, are you crazy for doing this? Like, this is weird, you know? And I said, well, if we don't go share the gospel with them, then who will, you know? And if not now, then when's the right time to share the gospel? And if not here, then where? You know, where's the right place? The answer is now is the time to share the gospel. We are the ambassadors for Christ, and here is the best place anywhere you go. And so do the hard thing, I would say. You'll be amazed at what God can do afterwards. I love that. Any big lessons stand out to you along the way? I mean, as you look back on how the Lord has been working in your life and you've been faithfully leading for years now, mm -hmm. any lessons uh, stand out to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 10, which we've kind of talked about a little bit. It says this, it says, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If you who have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I just think about that first verse. Uh, faithful in very little. It doesn't say faithful in little. It says very little. <laughs> very know, little. Like, you really just have to be faithful with a tiny bit and God wow. will use it, you know? And I think about when I was 10 years old, volunteering with our church plant and, you know, sweeping the floor, setting up chairs, you know, uh, cleaning a bathroom or, or, you know, handing out food, these, these things that, you know, uh, or cleaning someone's yard just to serve them, to love them in, in the body of Christ. And if we can be faithful with the little, God will increase it. It says faithful in little is also faithful in much. And so I just encourage, you know, anyone, 
be faithful with what God has given you, whatever it is. And um, not only will you see more in this life, but in the more importantly, in the life to come. I love it. I love it. John, thanks so much for your leadership and your example. You're just an amazing example to so many people. Mm-hmm. We think the world of you. It's great to see how God's working through you and through your staff and students mm-hmm. and church partners all across the Midwest. Uh, you've got a big trip coming up. You want to tell yeah. us about that so people can be praying for you? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to Iowa this weekend to go and equip some more students to share the gospel. And uh, so pray for that. But also please pray because the Lord's even given us an open door even internationally. And so we're hoping that God can equip some students in El Salvador, Honduras, and even Guatemala potentially. So this January, I'll be going for five days to equip students and churches down there. So please pray for both of those trips. I love that. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, please do pray for John on his upcoming trip. And thanks so much for tuning in. Join us next week. We're going to have a great episode for you then. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. In the meantime, uh, subscribe, follow, rate, review, share this episode with a friend, and let's keep being faithful with whatever God has entrusted us today because he is worth it. Thank you.